0: Welcome to Living in Muskoka, your guide to life and property in the heart of Ontario. I'm your host, Jeanette Infosorn, a local real estate agent here in beautiful Muskoka with EXP Realty Brokerage. Owning a home in Muskoka is more than just a transaction. It's a way of life. And this podcast is part of my commitment to supporting and assisting homeowners in Muskoka. Through this show, I aim to provide valuable insights, tips, and advice on various aspects of living in this remarkable area. From maintaining your property to embracing the unique lifestyle that comes with it. Whether you're a long-term resident, a weekend cottager, or someone considering making Muskoka your home, I invite you to join me on this exciting journey. Together, let's explore the nuances of living in Muskoka, discover the hidden gems, and uncover the secrets to maintaining your property in the most picturesque corner of Ontario. Today, I'm talking with Bill from Bait Tackle and Moore, just outside of Port Carling, on how to get started fishing in Muskoka. What do we do to get started with fishing? Other than, so we've gotten our fishing license. Um, I went onto the website, did that whole process and now what happens?
1: You need basically a rod, reel, um, hooks, sinker, and a bobber. And that's as simple as it gets. With worms. Right. Yeah.
0: And then where would we fish? So where is it okay to fish and where is it not okay to fish? Well,
1: it's okay to fish anywhere um, that you have access to the water. Um, And you don't want to um, infringe on private property because... uh, People frown on it, yeah.
0: For sure. And what are the popular fishing spots in this area?
1: Um, The popular fishing spots are anywhere in Lake Muskoka, Lake Rosso, or Lake Joseph, or uh, Georgian Bay. Most lakes contain some fish species, and um, it is... Okay to fish in any lake that you have access to. Um, There is a boat launch um, around the corner from the shop, which gives you access to Lake Joseph and Lake Rosso, and um, there's free parking along the roadside, so um, that is a popular spot. Yeah. Yeah. Nice,
0: and I noticed last year when I was taking my kids out, we basically only caught pumpkin seeds. So, <laughs> well,
1: um, there's certain spots where you can catch any species. Lake Joseph is more known for bass and uh, lake trout, mm-hmm. and Lake Rosso is more so known for bass. Pike, muskie, um, lake trout, and pickerel as well. So um, there are good fishing spots and they change. Uh, one time you might go to a spot and catch pickerel, and the next time you might catch um, bass in the same spot. So, and Lake Muskoka is uh, more like lake rosso Mm -hmm. it's a similar species and uh, very popular in the winter time as well as the summer time um unfortunately uh, the summer time is very busy on the water and it makes it more difficult to fish
0: (laughs) Okay, and would you recommend going out on a boat as opposed to just standing on the dock? Because we were at the side um, on a rocky shore when we were fishing, and that's when we were catching all the pumpkin seed. But then we moved onto a dock that's on the boat launch by Leonard Lake. Oh yeah, and that was all pumpkin seed as well.
1: <laughs> okay, <laughs> so it didn't yeah. matter
0: where we went. That summer, it was just pumpkin seed everywhere.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um... There are bass, uh, sometimes the best fishing is around a dock, um, because, um, the fish feel sheltered and, okay. um, they're, um, more likely to, uh, be in the shade and, uh, where it's cooler and safer and where there are bait fish for them to consume. Fishing is one of those sports that you can spend a lot of money or minimal money um, yes. for uh, getting out and enjoying the outdoors. So, yeah.
0: Okay. And if you were to step it up from worms, what would you suggest? Is Can you actually catch bass and all of those things with just worms or are we yeah. stepping it up um, in the...
1: I Lures. have used the one lure, uh, it's inexpensive, um, it costs five to six dollars, depending on the size you get, with half a worm, and I've caught eight pound pike, uh, pickerel, and bass on the same lure. Um, so that was uh, trolling, um, but you can use that same lure. For casting as well. Um, And like I say. It's inexpensive. Or you can go. um, And spend. um, Quite a bit of money. On rod and reel. And um, tackle as well. So um, it depends on your budget. And uh, your anticipation. Of eating the fish. Or just enjoying the day. Um, Quite often, I just catch, well, I don't get out fishing very much because the shop consumes a lot of time, Mm -hmm. Um, but uh, when I get out, uh, I predominantly catch and release. um,
0: Are there any of the fish around here that are enjoyable to eat?
1: Oh, yes. Um, Some people um, do like lake trout when it's smoked or um, smaller ones uh, which are not fatty um, Mm -hmm. and um, pike uh, have a Y bone in it and uh, some people don't like the pike because of the bones but there are methods of filleting a pike boneless and uh, I used to know how but
0: (laughs) out of practice yes right
1: yes Um, so um, there are uh, different species that you can eat and um, it's a preference thing but uh, perch uh, which are the same family as the walleye or pickerel and um, they are favored mostly. Yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah. And are there any that you would catch and say, definitely do not eat these ones? Well,
1: um, I don't eat panfish, uh, which includes uh, rock bass or um, uh, sunfish or um, that type of species, but there are some people. Um, uh we once had uh, a jamaican family living uh next door to our cottage in georgian bay and they made fish head soup um, which was spicy and very tasty and they predominantly used uh, this uh, panfish. Okay. And okay uh, so there are some people that would keep those types of fish but uh, I don't
0: right it's yeah. basically all in the preparation
1: yeah okay. yeah and um the amount of fillets that you can get off of a small fish are minimal right and um hardly worth uh, doing in my opinion but uh some people do Right. Uh, so yeah
0: kind of like some people eat quail versus some people eat turkey and chicken yeah
1: yeah um but um when you first catch a fish Mm -hmm. it's best if you're going to keep it uh, to bleed it out because the flavor of the fish is much better than leaving it and um uh, it takes on a different test taste.. Yes.
0: Interesting. Okay. Um, and how do you bleed it out? Um,
1: you can actually um, cut the belly part and mm-hmm. uh, like you were going to fillet it and uh, or just cut the gill area. Um, and that way, you can fillet uh, the fish later and uh, um, it just is fresher. yeah
0: okay and when you say cut the belly you're talking about taking it from the vent and cutting it up yes okay yeah. and the vent is the pee hole because one time when i was completely naive i think i was 18 and I had just bought a whole fish and I was looking up the instructions on the internet of how to actually prepare it. Cause I knew you had to take off the scales, but I didn't know anything else. Yes. Um, <laughs> and it said the vent and it took me a good 40 minutes to figure <laughs> out what the vent was.
1: <laughs> yes. And you, uh, fillet a fish or cut it from the vent to the head. Okay. And, uh, um, depending on the size of the fish, uh, you might take the scales off or you might fillet. Uh, it. Um, there again, depending on the size of the fish. But uh, either method. Um, and you can cook it in a uh, batter or you can, uh, depending on the size of the fish, uh, I might... Uh, fill the belly cavity with lemon okay. and or a bit of onion uh, or both and salt and pepper it and wrap it in tin foil and do it on the barbecue um, nice and there's different methods of uh preparing uh, your meal um utilizing fish and uh uh you can make a stew or make a soup and uh, um or chowder mm-hmm. and uh, yeah um it's great if you're using fresh fish nice especially but i have to buy mine because i'm here, here all most the time, of the
0: time.
1: <laughs> <laughs> right yeah
0: um have you ever tried salt baking
1: yes uh, when we went to the dominican this past uh December um I booked a charter and we didn't have a bite <laughs> so <laughs> there was eight of us on the crew um two of the people got seasick oh no uh, which was too bad for them but um it was an experience just seeing how they did things differently on the boat and uh I hope to uh, be more successful, uh, in the future. Yeah.
0: You had mentioned trolling earlier. So what's the difference between the different methods of fishing?
1: Well, you can, uh, utilize a bobber and fish off of the land or a dock. And, um, you preset, uh, how, um, deep your bait would be, um, Mm -hmm. or, You can go out in a boat or um, offshore, you can cast with utilizing a lure. Um, You can also uh, go in a boat. Um, I've used a paddle boat before and actually trolled. Um, That's where you release the line. With uh, a lure on it, and the movement of your vessel uh, creates the movement of the lure. And uh, that's one of my uh, favorite methods because you feel the uh, fish hit the lure and uh, you have more of a fight than um, usually. Um, with down rigging, uh, down rigging is where you're able to set the lure at a certain depth and, um, whole different setup. Um, and, um, you just watch for the rod to release and, uh, you reel the fish in, but, um, after you set the hook. But um, um
0: Okay, um, I'm gonna
1: pause you there. What's setting the hook? Um setting the hook uh sometimes when a fish hits a bait, they have it in their mouth mm-hmm. um just generally um or gently mm-hmm. and um jerking the rod actually puts the hook in um sets the hook
0: into the side of their mouth yeah okay
1: hopefully um sometimes uh fish are uh, gluttonous and they'll swallow the (laughs) hook too deep and uh, then you have to make the decision whether or not you're keeping the fish um and if you're not keeping the fish um you can clip the line but you wouldn't do that with a 20 dollars lure um, but if you just have a hook you can clip the line and that fish will uh, eventually dissolve the hook uh, there's something in their saliva that will dissolve the hook and uh, they'll live uh, there but uh, if they uh, are have their gills damaged or anything like that um they won't live yeah
0: okay so if it's not through the gills but it's through any other part they're clipping it if you can't get it out safely for yes. them yeah. is going to dissolve okay but
1: and oh yeah if you're only using a hook that's affordable but yes <laughs> if, if you're it's a 20 dollar lure it's not affordable right yeah right
0: Sorry to interrupt, but I have a small favor to ask. If you're finding this podcast valuable, insightful, or just plain interesting, can you share it with one friend? By spreading the word and helping this podcast grow, we can reach even more people and continue to build an incredible resource for the Muskoka area. Um, And then is there any caution about um, the fish, if you have them on your boat, if there are different materials on the boat? Because I remember seeing uh, fish oil um, destroying fish oil destroying styrofoam and there was another one where someone was saying if you put trout on a wooden boat that it'll dissolve the varnish and it'll wreck your boat so I
1: um, haven't experienced anything like that but I don't get out that often Um, Pike are more slimy and uh, more dangerous to handle than other species um, because of the uh, coating that they have on their exterior. And they're um, I call them freshwater barracuda because they are very active and they will flop all over the boat. And uh, um, you've got to use caution, especially when it's a bigger pike um, or musky. Uh, although i have to clarify that i've never caught a (laughs) muskie yeah
0: (laughs) okay and so with the pike how would you like what are your caution steps
1: with that well um there again if you're going to keep the pike um, you can paralyze it by squeezing the eyes um, okay I wouldn't do that if you were going to release the pike because um, it somewhat paralyzes them and you're able to safely take the hook out and um, but um, there again, if you're going to release the fish, um, I wouldn't do that um, but um, it's a way of safely handling. Uh, a big fish uh, that you're going to keep.
0: Um, Okay. Yeah. And then it would just be the same, you kind of lead it out and then leave it?
1: Yeah. Um, Or you bleed it out. On ice, I assume? Yeah. Keeping the uh, specimen cool is a good idea because it keeps it fresher. Some people use, um, uh, they have a live well in their boat where they can actually keep the fish alive um, pending their decision to keep it or not. And uh, uh, not all boats have live wells and some people use coolers and uh, fill that with water and uh, keep the fish in there as well um but uh, there again it adds to the cost
0: right (laughs) yes okay and then what's the difference i've heard of fly fishing and i've seen people fly fishing and i know it's done in a river Um, what's the difference between that and the other forms of fishing
1: well um for one thing it's the equipment you use Mm um and fly-fishing is entirely different. Um, You use, uh, when you're spinning uh, outfit, you use uh, a lure that has a certain amount of weight. Fly-fishing are basically using flies um, that weigh very little. So you have to have um, the ability to whip the line um significantly to cast out in a river and um you just strip the line and bring it back in uh, and the fish um would hit that small lure um and um with smaller hooks and uh it's um a different form of fishing than anything else that I've experienced um, and um, in this area there are not um, many streams that you would use uh, right. for fly fishing but some people do fly fish for pike and bass um, using Um, a different type of fly and uh, I'm sure that it would be rewarding to do so but uh, I don't do it. (laughs) Right and there
0: aren't a lot of places around here compared to the number of lakes you can go to. Yeah. Um, The minnows, we were talking about the minnows earlier Um, the other day when I was in and you had mentioned that any of the minnows that are used in these lakes have to be from this area.
1: Yes, um, that was a a regulation that was put in effect um, last year, I believe. And um, you have to use the minnows in the summertime that are harvested in this zone only. Mm -hmm. And um, if people are coming from a different zone, um, it would be... um, a fine of 350 dollars if they are caught um, so it's not advisable and in the summertime um, I have no minerals at the shop right now um, my water comes from the lake and if I could get small quantities I would but um, a lot of the harvesters um, don't supply small quantities um, and in the summertime the quality of the minnows um, for fishing is not that great unless you have chilled water and um, uh, with the source being from the lake it gets too warm um, right and um, the regulations for now are different in the winter time. Um, The uh, shiners can only come from Lake Simcoe and they have to be tested at the University of Guelph and that I believe costs my supplier $3,000 per test. So um, that's the reason minnows are more expensive but in the winter time, um, my water comes from the lake, and it's very cold. And the quality of the minnows is very good. Um, so we sell a lot of minnows in the winter time. Um, and um, apparently, there are new regulations that are going to uh, take effect, but I don't know. The date that they're going to take effect, and you won't be able to use any minnows in any natural lake trout lake, which uh, um, is going to be uh, very hurtful uh, for the bait shop owner, and very, um, the fishermen don't like it.
0: I can imagine not, <laughs> yes. though. Yeah. Um, You were telling me that if you are a resident of this area, you can currently trap minnows. Yes. You sell minnow traps. You can trap the minnows and then use those in your fishing now.
1: And that is what I recommend because you're utilizing the minnows um, freshly trapped and um, they're climatized to the water temperature. So... um, but um, to clarify it, um, the regulation now is that you uh, your principal residence is um, in a different zone. You cannot legally harvest in this zone, which I don't agree with because um, people are paying property taxes. Um, on their property and um, they're paying a lot of money in some cases and they can't legally harvest. And um, I don't agree with that regulation, but um, I'm not enforcing and uh, um, it's unfortunate.
0: Right. So yeah, yeah, if, if you own a cottage. Um, then your best bet is either to find a minnow supplier or to get your neighbor who does actually live here as a full-time resident to possibly catch some minnows for you, maybe?
1: <laughs> well, um, if you're caught with minnows and you don't oh. have a receipt, uh, showing you bought them in this zone, you could be fine. Yeah. So,
0: so for example, if I, I, I'm not on a waterfront property, so I couldn't do this, but if in a hypothetical world I were and I caught the minnows and I gave them to a neighbor. If I vouched for them, would that not be good enough? Or I would have to actually write a receipt and they would have to pay me for
1: them. Uh, In which case you legally don't have a license.
0: So you need a license to, okay. yeah. So this goes even deeper. You, You have to be a resident in order to catch and use the minnows and your neighbor can't even do it for
1: you. Yes. Got it. Um, and, um, I'm not a lawyer, so (laughs) I I don't know, but um, that's why I don't agree with the law because those people that uh, reside in, we'll say Toronto, and they're contributing to the local economy uh, and paying property taxes, sometimes tens of thousands of dollars um they should have the right to do what a local resident can do but um, yeah i don't make the laws and i don't enforce them <laughs> right
0: okay and so what would be the next best thing to minnows then
1: well uh, they've come with uh, with artificial baits, um, that are so good now. Um, when I was fishing as I was growing up, um, there weren't the availabilities that there are now. And, um, they have, um, come a long way. And, um, the, um, some people swear by uh artificial bait and um i had one of my friends did charters and he would never use live bait so um it's a successful way of fishing but um uh generally it's more expensive
0: (laughs) right because yeah. if you lose one of those lures it's a lot more expensive well, than losing a
1: minnow um, you can buy packs of um exome for example at 6.99 and you'll get eight or ten um artificial baits so um that's um, comparable to buying um well Basically buying a dozen worms, um, which ironically are not classed as live bait compared to the minnows and leeches, uh, etc.
0: Which is super interesting because the slime on their skin has a lot of bacteria and protozoa and the forests that are around various places one of the reason that scientists believe that there's deforestation is that the trees need a very fungally dominant soil and they actually communicate with the mycelium so all the mushrooms it's called the wood wide web and the bacteria interfere with that and cause the receiving of the tree line
1: interesting from
0: the worms so i would think that the worms will be a bigger threat to the lakes and uh, the forest than the actual minnows but what is it that they're testing for in those minnows
1: um it's vhs uh it's um a uh, name this long, which uh, I'm we'll not. Throw it a, up on the screen. <laughs> and for those of you on
0: audio only, it's called viral hemorrhagic septicemia.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm not a biologist, so um, I don't know. Um, but uh, they, uh, we are one of, I think, two provinces that you can utilize live bait uh, still And um, I think the writing is on the wall, no live bait going forward. Um, Mm -hmm. It will happen sometime. Uh, Quebec was the last province, I think, that uh, went no live bait, and I believe it was three or four years ago. And uh, they're taking steps that... uh, in my opinion, are going to be uh, no minnows and no leeches going forward. I think the biologists are concerned more with the quality of the water that the minnows are transported in. So um, I don't know what their thinking is for sure. But... um, it's going to be the end of many bee shops. Um, this is my retirement gig and um, I've enjoyed it for going on 14 years. Um, it's different than the corporate world which I was in for 40 years but um, it's changing and um, the smaller shops that is relying on live bait uh, for their existence are going to go by the wayside and uh, it's unfortunate because um, they're relying on that for making a living and they're doing that because um, they enjoy it and uh, uh, I enjoy it but uh, I'm fortunate that I have other income and uh this is still uh, a passion
0: project yes yeah.
1: yeah and it keeps me out of my wife's hair
0: <laughs> yes. so it's
1: cheaper than a divorce <laughs> yeah
0: All right. and you said 14 years ago is when you opened the shop and well, how has it changed over the past 14 the years the shop was
1: here um John Chapman, um, unfortunately, he's deceased, um, started this uh, shop many years ago. And um, when I took over, uh, this section that we're sitting in was a bottle return. And um, I um, basically, with the aid of my oldest son, um, took over this location And we eliminated the bottle return and expanded the inventory. And um, uh, the shop has become a very viable business. And um, um, it's rewarding to uh, see. But um, uh, I'm getting older. (laughs) Right. Yes. But... This, um, basically I've expanded the inventory significantly, um, when the shop was available, um, uh, to buy and, uh, or I don't own the shop. I rent the building. Um, it's part of, um, this whole complex right. and, um, it's a busy location and, uh, uh, it's been fun. Yeah. And continues to be fun. Yes.
0: Yeah. And you're well-spoken of all over social media, even though you don't have a giant social media presence. I constantly see others talking about this show. You know, um, uh,
1: I don't advertise, um, it's, um, I was a small business advisor for TD Bank for 12 years. And um, I did this as a retirement gig. And um, It allows us to travel in the month of November, December, and April, early May. And um, it's the best of both worlds because I have summer clients winter clients and year-round clients and um uh, the clients make this fun um and most people that are going fishing or on vacation Mm -hmm. are in a great mood and uh that wasn't the case when i worked for the bank right
0: (laughs) yes i can imagine (laughs) yes
1: i had uh mainly happy clients, but uh, there was the odd situation where um, you had to be more difficult and, uh, yeah. Right. But the corporate world prepared me, I think, a lot for this business because um, um, I did fish a lot up until my mid Mm 20s and um, so that's where the fishing background comes from and the corporate world taught me a lot Um, and uh, my clients I learned from my clients and uh, um, how to succeed in business and uh, um, I I am fortunate, <laughs> yes. Yeah.
0: Right. And um, what are some new and exciting things that are happening this year?
1: Um, I don't think anything is new. Uh, the basic principle of fishing is the same, um, mm-hmm. but the applications are um, different um, than when I fished a lot. We didn't have the electronics that we have now. People can see fish biting their hook or see the fish on um, their fish finder and uh, they know that the fish are there. Whereas we had to just hope. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, so it has changed a lot. But um, uh, I don't know anything that could possibly change going forward, um, but, um, who knows? Right. <laughs> change is constant and, uh, yeah.
0: Um, what are the, I've seen a couple of posts on social media about various, uh, fishing competitions in the area so what are the major ones around
1: um, here there's uh the pike 50 series um they have different tournaments in different locations Mm -hmm. Uh, their first one is usually the first weekend in may um and it's strictly um for pike Mm -hmm. um and um, the second one would be in, um, I think, Port Severn area. Mm-hmm. The third one is in Lake Muskoka. And they travel different locations in uh, Ontario. And um, I think they accumulate points and um, uh, they... Winners will win various prizes, um, which could be money. And um, my one nephew um, was, well, he's in a bass tournament yesterday and today. It's a two-day tournament. Mm -hmm. And um, they launched from, I think, Port Severn area yesterday, and they launched from sound area today, and uh, um, I don't know what the prize winners get, but uh, um, I don't know of any other tournaments other than bass and pike. Right. Um and uh, but uh, um, I had a fella in yesterday getting uh, bait because they had. Uh, Uh, fins and skins which is fishing combined with golfing uh, a tournament and it was just a friendly tournament but it's something different that uh, and um, i've been um, in our family we used to uh, bet on the first fish the most fish and the largest fish and um, um, it was just something to um, enhance the fishing experience and uh, I've always said fishing creates memories and uh, I base that on my own experience because um, of time I spent with my father and my brother-in-law, and uh, um, just uh, they're something I remember. And uh, my memory's not the best.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And um, speaking of kids, I know that they don't need a license, and then adults need license until they're a certain age. And then we were having a conversation last week about uh, people who are from out-of-province.
1: Yes, uh, out-of-province or out-of-country um, need to get a fishing license if they're fishing at all. Um, and um, it's been uh, somewhat difficult to get fishing licenses, um, online um at times people say it's easy and other times um uh, it's more difficult but um, that may be the experience of the fisherman right <laughs> um and um, residents of ontario up until age of 18 don't need a license and uh at the age of 65 for now um you don't need a license but um anybody from out of province or out of country need a license if they're fishing at all including fishing off a dock yes Um, and um if you're caught it's um uh, unfortunate, but um it is the law and uh, don't ruin your weekends. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> yes.
0: And it can just be done online. There are a couple places up here you mentioned currently.
1: Yes, um, um Canadian tire in Gravenhurst and um uh, home hardware in here are two places that I know of. Um, I used to do license renewals, but the m and came along, introduced doing it online, and they uh, said, if I was to continue, I would need a separate computer and separate printer. And it didn't make economic sense. And so, from a business point of view, I discontinued probably four or five years ago. And uh, um, it was a business decision. Yeah.
0: For sure. Yeah. And I know in Huntsville, the Service Ontario definitely does the fishing and hunting licenses as well.
1: Oh, good. Yeah. Yeah, I never get to go anywhere. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Other than <laughs> more exotic places.
0: I usually go up. I'm right beside there because that's where we get um, any of the chicken feed or chicken bedding. Oh, cool. Yeah. 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 Down at Valley Feeds. Yeah. That's good. All right. Well, thank you so much, Bell. Oh,
1: my pleasure.
0: Thanks for tuning in to Living in Muskoka, your guide to life and property in the heart of Ontario. Remember to leave a comment or review and share this with one friend you think would find this interesting.